Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? Hi, Adam. Hi. Well, I think, baby, probably, hopefully. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm good. The weather is absolutely superb, which is bringing up my mood. And I don't know, I don't know if you um so I'm gonna kind of break the fourth wall here. I, I do sincerely apologize. But I don't know if you saw my text this morning that what I, I found did. on on the YouTube. I Steven saw... Gerrard and Jamie Carragher outside Anfield. I mean that that was that that's something beautiful. I mean, it was probably the best impression of Steven Gerrard. I've heard, aside from yours. Thank you very much. And although and it does sound exactly also, like yours, <laughs> I would also like to say a big congratulations to my friend, my colleague, Stephen Gerrard, for becoming an invincible with Rangers. Your friend, my friend, my colleague. Yes, my my close associate. Okay. I don't know if you saw the uh, video of Pep Guardiola smoking a cigar and singing Oasis songs. Oh, I did. And I I love it. I literally, I sent it. I have to go on Twitter. And this is very unprofessional of me that I'm on my my cellular communication device. But I went on Twitter and I posted, I sent it to one of my, one of my friends who's a Liverpool fan. I texted it to him. I said, and the caption of, Word for word. My manager. Oh, wait, wrong guy. <laughs> because, you know, Mikel Arteta, wannabe yeah. Pep Guardiola. Oh, wait, wrong guy. Wrong it's, guy. It was great. All I got to say. Listen, I love, I, I, I love Pep. I love him. We got Guardiola. We've got Guardiola. That's all I got to say. Wow. Wow. That was nice. That was a nice little chant there. You got any more up your sleeve? Um, no, I I do, but I don't want to sing. I don't really feel like singing. <laughs> stand up if you hate Tottenham. Stand up if you hate Tottenham. Stand up if you hate Tottenham. Sit down if you hate Tottenham. Sit down if you hate Tottenham. Sit down. See. By the way, commiserations to all the uh, the Tottenham fans. By the way that Harry Kane is going to be uh, leaving them. They'll be back to mid-table in no time. Yep. Adam, I really want to ask you... 30 goals a season for Manchester City is what he's going to I want to ask you a very serious question. Very serious question. How shit are Tottenham going to be without Harry Kane? Pretty fucking shit. They're going to be awful. They're going to be awful. They've had experience in not having Harry Kane for long periods of time. the, The good news... That, that, I see what you did. That was very clever. That was very clever, yeah. very smart. The good news is that they'll probably get a decent fee for him. So they can probably go out and spend all the money that they're probably going to get. Well, but knowing, Daniel, last- knowing Daniel Levy, he probably won't. Remember what happened last time? Tottenham got a really big fee for one of their star players. I believe that man's name is um, Gareth Bale. Yeah. Yeah. The only good player that they got out of that deal was Christian Eriksen. They bought like seven players and yep. it was uh, the only good guy that they got out of it was Christian Eriksen. And they'll be trying to sign players without potentially without European football. Excellent. And Christian Eriksen I... won a trophy before Tottenham did. 
it's amazing. It really is amazing. Something, Adam. I, I hope I hope you uh, you realize this that Harry Kane and Eddie and Kedia may be leaving North London in the same summer with an FA Cup, a Community Shield, and a champions a championship winners medal all to their name. Only one man has those three medals. And I'll give you a hint. It's not Harry Kane. It is not Harry Kane. It's, it, it truly is wonderful. And, and also, big congratulations to, to Leicester for winning the FA Cup and joining the list of clubs that have won a trophy, a minor trophy, I should say, the FA Cup. Winning the FA Cup before Tottenham have even won any trophy. It really is. It, it's just wonderful. Yep. See? Arsenal have had a shit season. It's been terrible. But it just makes it a little bit more easier to swallow when Tottenham have just been complete shit as well. So, happy days. Yeah, I mean, you're only four points behind them, so it's not that it's not like it's too too much of a gulf. In... Wolves are not a football club. How come they couldn't beat freaking Spurs for us? Unbelievable. I really feel bad for what's going on with Wolves. Anyway... I hope there's a St. Totteringham's Day this year. It's one of the best days of the year. Yeah, it's great. And we have two two winnable matchups. Crystal Palace and Brighton at the Emirates. With a full house. With a full house to chant, fuck you to Stan Kroenke. It's going to be wonderful. Yep. All right. So, Bird, you have one quick question for me, don't you? I do have one quick question. And... This comes from Mark, and Mark says, and this is this is actually a question that you know the, it, it, you teeter on a little bit, but we we've kind of talked about this intermittently with some players. But the question is, what do you do with players with uncertain futures when you're in a draft? So, for example, I guess you know the the one guy that everyone's kind of talking about right now is Deshaun Watson. Another guy you could be talking about there is Aaron Rodgers. Correct. So if they're on the board in a draft and they don't have their futures really panned out, what do you do? Um, Honestly, in my mind, I would take somebody with comparable value and just kind of not, not want to take the risk. I mean, we, like, like you said, I think we've answered this question a lot. And in, in many different forms. So my answer kind of stays the same where it's, I'm not taking the unnecessary risk. I'd rather have somebody of comparable value. Cause it's not like Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers are the best quarterbacks in fantasy. They may be the best quarterbacks in the NFL overall, but they're not the best quarterbacks in fantasy. There are players that are around them in drafts that you can get that, can give you comparable value or comparable production, I should say. So in my mind, why take the risk? Just get somebody else. I think, it, you know, it depends. I agree with what you said, Adam, where, you know, if, if there's like for like value there, then of course you're going with the other guy. You're not drafting. You're not going to be drafting Deshaun Watson in the fifth round or the sixth round where he probably would normally go. I don't know if you're going to be drafting Aaron Rodgers in the 
and the seventh, mid seventh, early eighth, where he's going right now. But I think you know the the argument becomes more of a tougher one when you get later in drafts, specifically more for Deshaun really than than for Rodgers, because you know, odds are Rodgers is probably going to play. With Watson, it's a difficult one. I think I would also look at this depending on what kind of league you play in. If it's a redraft league where it's just seasonal redraft, there's no long-term implications, you're probably not going to be drafting Deshaun Watson. And if you want to take the risk on Rodgers, you could probably do it. You could probably do it in the seventh, eighth round if you wanted to. Anything lower than that is is better, but there's no long-term implications at all. If you're in a keeper league, dynasty, dynasty you know, st- startup dynasty, I'll talk about in a minute because that that's a whole different beast. Keeper leagues, that's where it gets a bit tricky. Rogers, not so much because, again, you, you kind of have a feeling that Rogers is going to play. You, you just don't know really where. And, and I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, if Rodgers goes to Denver, I think Rodgers is going to be, he could be better than where he's at right now as my number seven quarterback. He could be, he could be number six on, on my big board. I don't know. Well, he'd have a better supporting cast in Denver. He would, ha- he would have a ton to throw to. Yeah. Sutton, Overall, anyway. Fant, Melvin Gordon there, Javante Williams, uh, Tim Patrick. He, there's a lot there for Rodgers that he could absolutely work with. Now the Deshaun case with Keeper, that that's an interesting one because odds are, and, and Jake reported this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I've heard something of the same ilk, is that it's a long shot right now Deshaun Watson is actually going to play. If you're willing to take a risk on Deshaun Watson – and hold Watson for the entire year to take up a bench spot and hold Watson for the entire year. Well, would Deshaun Watson qualify for like an IR spot? No. Just, no. No. He would not. He would be he would be it, it depends on what league. I mean, I know if you if you do, I'm I'm not plugging any specific leagues right now, but I know CBS has more has more functionality where you could play with who's eligible for IR. You can make suspended players potentially eligible for the IR spots. There are a lot of different ways that you can play with it. ESPN is a bit more, um, for lack of a better phrase, conservative with how they do their IRs. You know, if they're listed as out, listed as IR, those are the only players that are allowed in the IR spot. So I guess it depends on, you know, what your IR qualifications are i mean if if you could put a suspended player in your ir and you have the you have two or three ir spots on a keeper league then by all means you know have 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 a day but if you can't and he's a guy that's going to be sitting on your on your bench the end of your bench for the entire season and he may not play is that a risk that you're willing to take where you're taking away a bench spot from yourself to go and make some moves because you did say you take him in the 14th round and you're sitting there at say you're sitting there at one and three and you need to make a roster move. Are you going to have the stones to drop Deshaun Watson 
where you know the second that you do that, someone is going to want to pick him up because he carries that 14th round keeper. And that's that's terrific if he's going to play next year or even this year. You know, you have you've you got yourself a quarterback that you can play for your keeper team for the next, depending on what your keeper settings are and what you're allowed to do, you could have quarterback there for the next four or five years. So it, it, that's a that's kind of like you have to you have to weigh it out the pros and the cons. I I just feel like with Deshaun, I understand that the value may be great, but the risk just totally outweighs the reward. And everything at least that I've heard just suggests that the risk is too great for me to go and invest in Deshaun Watson, regardless of what the spots are. Now, now if you have deep benches and you can afford it, then by all means, go ahead and do it. But if you have like standard or close to standard benches, I don't know if that's really worth it. Because if you're in a position where your team is, you know, treading water, that's one extra bench spot that you just can't work with because you have Deshaun. Now you could trade him. I don't know if someone would want to do that. You know, you might just be stuck with Deshaun, but you know, that's kind of that. And and Dynasty, Dynasty is really tricky because I don't know what his value is right now. It's it, on the floor. So you're probably better off in Dynasty to hold on to him if you have him. If you're doing a uh, startup Dynasty, the better, the late, the later you get him, the better. Because again, he's a guy that's going to be stuck on your bench for probably the entire year. And if you have your deep, your deep roster spots, which I know a lot of Dynasty leagues do, then great. You know, you're good. But if you don't, you know, again, it's risk versus reward. And the risk could outweigh the reward there uh, big time. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like we said, it is definitely, you have to weigh, you have to weigh the pros and cons. And for me personally, and I got that, got this impression from you as well, that for some players, it's just not worth it. Even if you're getting them at a, at a massive value, because it's kind of weird that we don't really know. I think you, depending on when you draft, you might know more about the situation. There might be a bit more clarity because August is only a couple months away. Well, if you're doing star- dynasty startup drafts, you know, you're probably drafting now or you're drafting in a couple weeks. Right. Exactly. So it so also depends. You may on not the- have that clarity and you have to make a decision. Yes, exactly. Which so sucks, it, which it really did. sucks. Cause that's, a, that's a thing that we didn't really mention, but ta- the time that you're drafting really does factor in with this yes it does it really really does because if you're drafting now and you have no fucking idea what's going on with either deshaun watson or aaron Rodgers, um you're probably more inclined to not take that risk but if you have an idea of like in august or even in september if you're drafting really really late um if you have an idea about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, because training camps are already in full swing, maybe some preseason games um, are going on. And you might even have more clarity on Deshaun Watson, if he's going to get traded or how many games he's going to be suspended for, or if he's just going to play. So you have to factor that in. You have to do, do your research also. I mean, even more so than your normal fantasy football research. If you're really going to be thinking about getting these, players who have uh, uncertain futures like you said you have to so do your research th- 
if this helps you, Mark, if this helps you, I have Deshaun Watson as my quarterback 30. Basically, I'm not drafting him. Yeah. I'm not drafting him. And I also, Adam made a good point as well, and I wanted to mention this uh, a couple weeks ago. I completely forgot to, and you brought it to my attention again. Thank you. I want to talk about, you know, draft preparation quick. And, you know, I've had a couple questions about this and people asking, what's the best way to prepare for a draft? The answer is there is no best way. There's no best way to prepare for a draft. You could mock all you want, which a lot of people like to do. How anticlimactic. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people people like to mock. So, I mean, if, if you're one of those people that just likes to mock, 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 then, then, you know, go for it. Me personally, the best way that I like to prepare for a draft, I don't like to, to mock as much before I'm going into a draft. I like to really focus on my own preferences, coming up with, you know, having my rankings in front of me, looking at those, looking at draft position, looking at just really concrete data, looking at what's there instead of just, you know, hopping into a to a fantasy uh, mock draft server and seeing, you know, what is potentially there, or maybe someone is just, you know, fucking around and they take a kicker number one overall, and you're just sitting there saying to yourself, well, that's not going to fucking happen. So you just waited for 10 minutes or so for this mock draft that you're just sitting there and you're saying to yourself, okay, what the fuck did I just wait for, for someone to take Harrison Bucker number one overall? So the best answer that I have to those people that have asked me is do what you want to do. Do what you think is going to help you the most. And for me, the answer that I usually give people is I like looking at situations. I like reading articles, anything that anything that comes out that, you know, even appears to me like it's going to help me and get an upper edge in my drafts. I'm going to read it. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to read it. I'm going to digest it. I'm going to look at my rankings about 100 times. I'm going to make about a thousand changes to my rankings because no rankings are ever the same. And then when you go into a draft, you at least feel comfortable. But I know people who love to mock. I know people who love to pick each other's brains, and that's totally fine. I'm just not that guy. I'm just I'm not that guy for that. So for me, the answer is just getting in tune with what I want to do and not necessarily focusing on necessarily what other people in your league want to do. Because I know a lot of people like to, you know, come together and and talk about, oh, what what does uh what does Joe Blow want to do? I don't care about Joe Blow. I don't I don't want to I don't want to, you know, focus on Joe Blow. I want to focus on me. I want to focus on my team. I want to focus on what I want to do and the way that I want to attack a draft. That's how I do it. I'm not focusing on anybody else. Well, it's not like a, it's not like a collective. You you got to I mean, you can you can like bounce ideas off of each other like you said, but you can't oh, just Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you can have discussions. You can have discussions of that sort, but I mean, that's, know, a, I, that's literally the, what we're doing. The every... one question, the one question that I hate Abby hates it too. Break the fourth wall. The one question that I absolutely hate is when someone asks me, so who are you taking in the second round? Why would I tell you? Why would I tell you? You should tell it. You should, you know, you should answer that question. Harrison Butker. (laughs) (laughs) So I, um, I was, I actually did another draft order uh, after we've uh, last spoken. And I got a 10th pick. Okay. So who are you picking? 10 pick out of a 10. Fuck you, Adam. (laughs) Um, Honestly, you know, I'm I'm looking, I'm looking at, you know, two running backs that could be there. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Cam Akers, who 
I mean, we all know that's the the apple of my eye, the love of my life. And maybe I'm thinking Jonathan Taylor. I'm maybe Austin Eckler in a full point PPR. Maybe Zeke if, if he gets there. But I think the way that I'm going to go about that is just going double running back, considering I don't have a pick in the fourth round. And my keeper is DK Metcalf. So DK Metcalf is essentially my fourth round pick. Hey, listen. I mean, that's an incredible fourth round pick. It's not bad. It's not bad. And what's nice is that that fourth round pick will be at a turn. So yes. I'll be able I'll be able to make at least the first pick of the fifth round and, you know, be done with it. It's not like, you know, make a pick in the middle of the third and then you're sitting out middle of the fourth and then you're back middle of the fifth. You know, I'm, I'm at the turn. And what's actually kind of funny about that, too, is the person I made that trade with is the number one pick. So I'll be getting a couple of his picks at his turns. So it, it, yeah. it kind of worked out. Yeah, it definitely did. All right, so let's talk about strength of schedule. Let's do it. Um, first of all, I mean, looking – before we go into like in a, a whole discussion about strength of schedule in, in abstract, why don't we talk about our teams? Because we – like sure. just how our teams stack up in our schedules because we we didn't talk about it when I – Hosted with you on the Vanilla Basement Talk podcast, and I don't know if you and Jake talked about the Jets schedule or the Cowboys schedule. No, we have we have not. When you talked about the Dynasty, so Bird, you want to go first? You want to talk about how what you think about the Cowboys schedule? Sure. Um, opening night against Tampa sucks. Yeah, good luck with that. It's, considering the entire country is going to be watching, but I mean, hey, that game is going to get so much viewership. Holy shit! Cowboys, Dak Prescott's first game back, going against the defending Super Bowl champions in Tampa. Dak, Tom Brady, Tom Brady versus the Cowboys. I mean, you, you if you're looking for storybook, I mean, you got it for uh, for Week One, September 9th. Can't come soon enough. Who says um, the NFL hates storylines? Yeah, exactly. But then then you start off. It's another another really tough road game. I mean, you're going you know one opposite end of the country to the other Week Two when you're playing the Chargers. So I mean the NFL kind of fucked us with uh, with that one. Then but then three home matchups against three, I don't want to say easy opponents because there's no such thing as easy when you have two division games in there with the Eagles and the Giants. But then you have the Panthers and of course Christian McCaffrey and and all of that. So you have you know Philadelphia, Carolina, and the Giants sandwiched in there. Not too shabby. Um, I don't think any of those games. Oh okay, yeah, the Philadelphia game is a Monday is a Monday nighter. Ugh crap but at least the giants on four is 425 not terrible uh then, guys blue birds gotta fly fish gotta swim the philadelphia eagles and the dallas cowboys play in prime time during the nfl <laughs> season exactly every then, single time then we have the uh the patriots trip and you know I, I read this the other day i couldn't believe it the cowboys have not scored a touchdown in three straight road matchups against the Patriots. Wow. That's actually a, but that's a really long time. That's a long time. You only play well. Now it's going to be, it might be sooner, but um, in the old scheduling format, you would only go to new England once every eight years. Yeah. Yep. Had that scored a touchdown in new England for three years, both prediction Cowboys finally scored that touchdown. Then you then you get the bye week seven. So. 
Then, you know, you're kind of looking at a nice little stretch here. Sunday night versus Minnesota on Halloween, not too bad. I don't think that's that's awful. Then you have then you have a couple of, of nice games at home versus Denver versus Atlanta, not too bad. Then the game before Thanksgiving at Kansas City, eek, 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 eek. That's gonna be a hell of a game. But of course, it's at Arrowhead versus Mahomes versus Tyreek Hill versus Kelsey. Not my cup of tea. And then to end the season, you know, it's not too terrible. You know, you get the Raiders there, but you have these three road games, which I think is really going to determine how the Cowboys finish at the Superdome versus the Saints, then at Washington, and then at the Giants. That three-game stretch is going to determine the Cowboys' season right then and there. Then you're at home versus Washington again, playing Washington two times in three weeks. Joke. Then we get the Cardinals at home, which, you know, whatever. And then we go to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles in week 18. That sounds so horribly weird. disgusting coming out of my mouth. But yeah, I think I think overall it's it's not it's not like a terrible schedule for uh for for Dallas. I think that you know this schedule, if you're if you're telling me that the Cowboys finish, you know, uh ten and seven, nine and eight, I, I think that could probably get it done. I could oh, probably get the, it done in, take those numbers in, out of your mouth. Those are it's, ridiculous. It's, it's horrible. I had to think about it before I said it too. But if you're telling me that the Cowboys are going to be a nine, 10 win team, I would buy it. And I think that's probably going to be with how bad the NFC East generally is. I know uh, Vegas is down on the NFC East. The highest win total for over under for the division is Dallas at nine and a half. So if you, uh, if you take that into consideration, nine, 10 wins should be good enough for Dallas to, win the NFC East, get into the playoffs, and hopefully uh, make a run at the Lombardi Trophy. All right. So for the Jets, we got the Samwell revenge game, the Sam Darnold revenge game, week one. How fitting is it that Sam Darnold is playing the Jets week one? In Carolina. How fitting? How fitting. It's like like they know. Adam, I can't wait. I am praying to the football gods. No offense that Sam Darnold wins that game. Just because I want to see Jake just go nuts on Twitter. You there's, know nothing, there's nothing better than seeing Jake just go absolutely ballistic on Twitter after a Jets loss. It, it, it's premium content. It's amazing. You know, I was about to be mad, but you're right. It's amazing. I mean, this Who is needs one a of the... burner when you have Jake Simone just just babbling off on Twitter about the Jets. This is one of those games where, I mean, listen, I wouldn't be too mad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too sad if if the Jets lost, just because you love. I love Sam Darnold. He got a raw deal here in New York. It'd be nice. Well, to at see. least you can admit that. Yeah. And. You know, it would be nice. But honestly, I do hope that it, it's going to be a tough game for, for Zach. Because the Panthers like defense hey. is pretty good. Maybe Corey Davis wants to score three touchdowns. Corey Davis, great guy. Yeah, but what? Keep going, keep going, keep going. I apologize. I'll hold it. But the Jets defense is going to be in for some is going to be in for quite the quite the afternoon trying to stop Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. To put it mildly, especially after the year that he had last year, 
when he was on my team, number one overall pick. Thanks, Christian. Fuck face. So what were you going to say, Bird? Hey, Adam. Yes. Week four. It's a Corey Davis revenge game. How many touchdowns do you think Corey Davis is going to score in Tennessee Titans? Five? Six. Six? I would love it. How amazing would it be if we came on on Monday, October 4th, and talked about a three-touchdown Corey Davis day? I think we'd both be just jumping for joy. Oh, yeah. I know I I would be. I would be very excited. I know I would be. Because believe me, Adam, I've kept receipts for anybody who said that Corey Davis is shit. I've kept the receipts. All right. So uh, the divisional games are kind of interesting where a lot of them are pretty close together. Yeah, I love that you play the Patriots twice before you play anybody else in your division. Yeah, so we have New England week two, which actually has gone pretty well in recent history. I think we're in recent history. Well, yeah, like 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago, okay. 12 years ago, whatever. Um, at home. And then go to Denver, our only four or five game uh, this season so far. And then uh, home against Tennessee in the Co- in the Corey Davis revenge game, and then uh, we get to go to Tottenham <laughs> to play to play the Falcons. I bet you that's going to be a a ten seven game. It's going to be at that, re- po- at that point. Harry Kane won't be at at the new White Hart Lane, and uh, there won't be any any points being scored for Tottenham or for the Falcons or the Jets. It's going to be. Excuse me, I apologize. The uh, Scheidhart line. The new Scheidhart line. I apologize. Okay, there you go. How disgraceful. How disgraceful is such a thing? Yes. I'm in a timeout. Um, I'm not, yeah. I, I'm i not crazy about the Jets and, and the Falcons. Like, the Jets losing a home game to go to London? Not crazy about it. No, nor should you be. And then uh, early bye week, week six, and... We are, we are going to New England. Usually, this happens way later in the season, but we're going to New England, and then Week Eight, home against Cincinnati. That should be a pretty interesting game. Duel of the young quarterbacks. The Jets are home to Cincinnati. Home we're to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. And then quick turnaround Thursday night football against Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts on the road. I am not looking forward to that. This Thursday is gonna. Night. The, this three stretch it the stretch of three games between week nine and week eleven is straight up like diabolical. You have Indianapolis on the road on Thursday night, and then home against Buffalo, and then home against Miami. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. If we don't come out of that stretch, at least I don't think we come out of that stretch at least like one one and two at this point. I wouldn't be shocked if that's if that's going to be the start of a three game losing. I mean, at least they're two home games. Yes, at least you have two uh, two home games. Um, and then the palate cleanser on the road against Houston. Oh my god! In week twelve, that's going to be horrific. That game is going to be terrible. I think you're. But Corey Davis should have five touchdowns against the Texans. I think you're overestimating how bad the Jets are going to be next season. So we're at okay. So we're at. 
six touchdowns from for the against the Titans, five touchdowns against the Texans. So we're already at Corey Davis having eleven touchdowns for the season. That's great. I know we're only only in week twelve, and then the Jets will finally get their first chance. Hopefully, they'll get their first win against the Philadelphia Eagles ever in week thirteen. That would be nice. That would be nice. And then we're home against New Orleans. And then week 15 on the road against Miami, which is probably going to be a loss because I I feel like the Jets haven't won in Miami. You never win in Miami. Never fucking win in Miami. I mean, to be fair, the Patriots never won in Miami either, and they had Tom Brady. Um, And then two home games against the Florida teams. It's a nice little Florida stretch we got going on here. It's we, true. You play three, three Florida teams, three straight weeks, and you, you and you get a taste of what you missed with uh, Trevor Lawrence on the twenty sixth of December. Yes, i I wouldn't be shocked if that game's flexed to either like Sunday Sunday afternoon. You know, that game oh, might have. Oh, I was gonna. I was about to say. You're talking. You want the in week sixteen. The heat of a playoff race. You want two teams that probably won't be in it to be on Sunday night football. You're out of your skin. Who says that the Jets and Jags won't be making a playoff push in week 16? Urban Meyer may not be on the sideline after he has a uh, – has a, a, a. never mind. Never mind. I won't go there. <laughs> I mean you're probably right because the guy wants to put – split Travis Etienne out wide as a receiver. Oh, God. I'm con- he confuses me. Urban Meyer is just a very confusing man. And then hey, but it'll it. be, it, it, yeah. it's a Tim Tebow revenge game. Oh my god, a Tim Tebow revenge game! It's a Tim Tebow revenge game. It is. You love is. to see it. It is. Love to He's see even it on the roster. Oh, he will be. Come on, you forget. You forget who the coach is. It's Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer will never cut Tim Tebow. I wouldn't be surprised after the season. Urban Meyer gives Tim Tebow a seven-year extension. Trent Baalke, move over. I'm signing Tim Tebow to a to an eight-year contract extension. This is a divine act that I'm doing right now. And then week six, week seventeen, uh, uh, Tom Brady, yay! Happy yay. New Year! Happy New Year! You get Tom Brady. Well, happy January second, but yeah. It's your first game in 2022, Adam. The first game in 2022 is against Tom Brady. The more things change, the more they, the more they stay the same. Kenny Chesney once said that. Great guy. Yeah. I'm, and then week 18, the dreaded trip to Buffalo, which is Joshy never, Poe. which is never, ever, 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 ever gone well. For Joshy the Poe. Great guy. Ever. Love him. The I one, mean, the one thing that I see with your schedule is you don't have back-to-back road games at all. It's actually kind of weird how that works. I mean, like, fuck you. We have three games on the road, back to back to back, and you don't even have a back to back. Like, yeah. fuck you. It's kind of weird. All of our we have like two game chunk homestands. It's I mean, it's nice, but I don't know. It's kind of like in 2019 where there was a point where I mean, the Jets had that that horrible, horrible road trip at the start of the season where they had to go. It was like where they had to go to New England and Philadelphia. But then it was and then it was basically after the bye, it was like every other game was it was home road, home road, home road. It was very weird how that worked. Well, I mean, at least 
at least, you know, you don't have, you know, two weeks on the road. At least you have – there's some consistency there. Right, exactly. Zachy uh, Poo will get to uh, sleep in his own bed every other week. I mean, I think that it's not a, it's not a bad schedule. It's definitely harder than most just because of the division that we play in and the fact that, you know, playing t- – playing the Titans, playing the Colts, uh, playing Tampa Bay, playing New Orleans, um, and even Carolina. Um, it seems like they're going to be pretty good. Um, and it, I mean, if that Denver game in week three is against Aaron Rodgers, then forget about it. Aaron Rodgers. Host Jeopardy. Great guy. But I think that Jets coaches in their first year usually have – are usually good at least in this century, they usually do better than expected in their first year. And then what happens? So maybe you want the complete opposite. Maybe you want Rob Sala to suck in his first year. So that way he can only get better from that. I don't know. I mean, I think that this is probably like a six and hold on. Let me do the math. Six and 11. 11. Yeah. That's horrifying. Just Adam, take everything you know and just add one. I was like, what is it? Yeah. So I it's so probably you know like six a, and ten. Just add one. Six and eleven. I mean, I want to be surprised. I I still think the schedule is pretty tough. I mean, I think that it's probably I would hope that we're gonna split split the New England games. So that's a win there. Uh, we'll probably beat Atlanta. That's a win. Cincinnati. Usually we split. Miami, uh, Houston, hopefully Philadelphia, maybe Jacksonville, maybe six and eleven, seven and ten. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if that is the case. But also, I mean, this team, you know, Rob Rob Sala has been saying all the right things. The team looks really good, and I wouldn't be shocked if they pull off maybe a nine and eight season, or maybe even in, in eight and nine. You can't go 500 anymore. What's your predicted win total? My predicted Concrete. win total Concrete. My predicted win total is probably seven and 10. I'll bet you they go lower than that. Okay. Uh, you want to put, you want to put 10 bucks on it? Sure. We can't bet Done. lunch You're anymore. On. True. True. Well, I mean, I can always, I can always drive to, uh, to Fort Washington, but I'll shake your hand on that. Okay. I'll shake your hand on that. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Yeah. Seven and ten. Seven and ten. I'll, I'll give you. So I'll give you six and a half. Okay. That's so weird. The, the, you can't. The, the, our line is six and a half. So if they win seven, you win. If it's six, I win. It's so weird that you can't finish five hundred anymore. I know. I hate it. It doesn't make any it. sense. I hate it. So you want to talk about uh, strength schedule? Overall uh, strength schedule, yes. Let's yeah. do it. So we're going to go position by position. And first, let's talk about how you should factor in strength of schedule when you're drafting. And frankly, I mean, you should. It's, it goes without saying. But um, I think that on the high end, if you're drafting, don't overthink it basically, is, is where I'm going to go with this. If you're drafting, if you have the first or second overall pick, you're just like, well, you know, 
the Panthers have the fourth hardest schedule for running backs. So actually, I'm going to draft Alvin Kamara over Christian McCaffrey. It's like, no, come on. Let's be, let's be real here. Don't let it factor entirely into your decision. But, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you can keep it in the back of your mind. Where you might be more inclined to take um, Jonathan Taylor over the other options of running backs because the Colts have the second easiest schedule for, for running backs. Or if you're more likely to take Cam Akers because the Rams also have the second easiest schedule for running backs. Love Cam Akers. That's a great man. Or if you're like, well, you know, maybe I do take a flyer on Mac Jones because the Patriots have the easiest schedule for quarterbacks. Or maybe I will stay away from uh, Baker or Justin Fields just because the Bears and Browns have pretty tough schedules uh, in regards to uh, quarterbacks. So I think that, you know, you got to keep it in the back of your mind, but don't let it color your, your decisions. Don't overthink it. I would say this. It doesn't matter to me as much unless you're in a situation where it's a tie. So if you're that's a tiebreaker, definitely. Yeah, that's the tiebreaker. Absolutely 100 percent When I make my when I make my my binder that I have for for drafts every year, one of the pages that I have in there is strength of schedule. Just so I have it as, you know, the the ultimate tiebreaker if need be. Like I know that was that was a big thing of mine with a draft last year where I was between James Conner and Melvin Gordon. I liked the Steelers strength of schedule more than I liked the Broncos strength of schedule. So I went with James Conner. That was my, that was my essential tie break. I wouldn't necessarily say, and I agree with what you said, Adam, that you're not going to be going and drafting Alvin Kamara because he has an easier strength of schedule for running backs versus Christian McCaffrey, who has the third toughest strength schedule for running backs you're not going to go and do that yeah you're not you're not going to go and do that but you know if if you're in between two guys say you're in between a damn i mean i'm trying to just put uh two guys together say you're in between uh i'm just trying to think of guys that are in the same range what about if you're oh oh, great one i have a great one okay i have a great one say you're say you're in between a Hollywood Brown or Corey Davis. Great one. Hollywood Brown's strength of schedule. The Ravens have the seventh toughest strength of schedule for wide receivers. The Jets have the seventh easiest. You take Corey Davis. That's where where you, you bring in the strength of schedule and use it to your advantage. I was going to say, like, if you were deciding between Nick Chubb and, and Zeke also, the Browns have that the sixth. That could be another one as well. Absolutely. The Browns have the sixth easiest schedule for running backs, and the Cowboys have the seventh hardest schedule for running backs. The Cowboys have a rough fucking schedule. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I also look at it this way, though. Chubb and Zeke are very different where you have Zeke who will get you the receptions in PPR, whereas Chubb necessarily won't. Have PPR? Absolutely go ahead and use that. But in but in actual – in PPR, 
I still would probably lean Zeke, even with the, the strength of schedule. But I mean, that's a great example in, in half PPR. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So like I said, we're going to go position by position and talk about the some of the hardest and easiest schedules. So do you want to start with the negative or start with the positive? Um, I'm a Debbie Downer. We'll start with the negative. All right. So <laughs> according to this metric on, uh, on ESPN that ranks these schedule that basically compiles this strength of schedule based on, uh, fantasy points from last year, fantasy points allowed or fantasy points gained. I guess it's mainly it's fantasy points allowed. Um, the Seattle Seahawks have the hardest schedule for quarterbacks. And the Green Bay Packers have the second hardest. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the third hardest. And the Detroit Lions have the fourth hardest. I mean, that that, that just proves the point of, you know, if you're in a tie break and you're looking at Russell Wilson, you are looking at Aaron Rodgers. If you're looking at Tom Brady, you know, are, are you deterred from that at all? Now, flip it. And let's just say Aaron Rodgers is traded to Denver. Denver has the fourth easiest. Right. For quarterbacks. So, you know, it, it's like you're, you're, you're just kind of playing, playing the numbers there. But, it, I mean, again, you look at these numbers and you say to yourself, man, you know, they, they, they look daunting. But at the same time, you know, you really, you really break it down. You're not going to be like, this is not, you're not, how often are you going to be sitting Russell Wilson? Probably not often. Well, probably not often. Other, here's the other thing. This is based off of last year, and teams have changed a lot based off of last year. And th- this strength of schedule could be outdated as soon as week one. Correct. Correct. So, but it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't deter me from taking Russell Wilson. Someone could see that Russell Wilson has the toughest schedule for quarterbacks and say, oh, fuck, I'm not going to take Russell Wilson. I'm going to take somebody else. Russell Wilson slides. Take him. Yeah. Simple as that. Well, that's what you were saying before. Don't overthink it. Don't, don't, don't overthink don't, it. Don't talk yourself out of doing something that might actually benefit your team just because of some numbers. As Adam's teacher said, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. That's correct. Thank you, Mr. Shackle, my seventh grade English teacher. Thank you, Mr. Shackle. Great guy. I salute you. So let's go into the easy schedule for quarterbacks. Mac Jones or Cam Newton or Jared Stidham has the easiest schedule for quarterbacks. And then uh, Big Ben or whoever has the easiest schedule or the second easiest schedule for quarterbacks, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Miami Dolphins have the third easiest schedule. And then the aforementioned Denver Broncos have the fourth easiest schedule. Okay. This is exactly where strength of schedule analyzing it is flawed because are you going to take Mac Jones slash Cam Newton slash Jared Stidham, Ben Roethlisberger, Tua Tagovailoa, or Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater over Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Tom Brady? No. No, you're not. Is it worth taking a flyer on? Absolutely. If you want to take a flyer on Cam Newton, go for it. Big Ben, I think, is I've I've been on this this hill. I think I'm the only one on this hill. Big Ben is an excellent flyer. Like, at least for the first month and a half, 
He is a perfect flyer. Take him. If say, here you go, Mark. This is this is for you. Say you want to draft Deshaun Watson. Say you want to draft Aaron Rodgers. Say they don't play. Take Big Ben. He's got the second easiest schedule for quarterbacks. Bam. Take Ben Roethlisberger. Have him be your guy for a month and a half. Then you assess the situation from there. There you go. But you're All not right. you're not going out of your way to draft Tua. Or you're not going out of your way to draft Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater just because their schedules look nice for for quarterbacks. No, no, absolutely not. Yep, it's just another tool. That that's what you should use this as. It's something else to add to the arsenal. Yes, correct. Yep. Notice how notice how I mentioned Arsenal. I I did. I was like, well, you know, of course. You could have said Pun utility absolutely belt. intended. You could have said toolbox or utility belt, but no, he said Arsenal. Pun totally intended. Yep. Up the Arsenal. For running backs, uh, Tampa Bay has the hardest schedule for running backs. Yep. The New York Giants, not a great, not great for Saquon Barkley coming back from an ACL injury, have the second hardest schedule for running backs. New. No. The Green Bay Packers have the third hardest schedule for running backs. And then the Carolina Panthers have the fourth hardest, like I said before. Leonard Fournette slash Ronald Jones, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, and Christian McCaffrey. I thought you, I cannot believe you're about to think about who the Panthers. No, I was thinking was. about who the other team was. Oh, okay. Cause I, I, cause I didn't have it on my screen, on my screen in front of me. I was just trying to think of who the hell you said, Christian McCaffrey. Are you really going to steer yourself away? Now, the only one that I would say, you know, you have a compelling case you want to stay away from is Saquon Barkley. If you want to avoid that second toughest schedule for running backs, go ahead. Coming off of an ACL injury, injury red flag as it is, and as a, on paper at least, a tough schedule for running backs, go ahead. Avoid that. No problem. But the problem is you need to have a backup plan. And if your backup plan, say, is Nick Chubb, and you want to go that way, then you're sacrificing your PPR points. Right. Well, you could also pick uh, some of the other guys because there is a, a three-way tie for second easiest running back schedule. But first, the easiest schedule for running backs is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Najee 30 Harris, to 40 carries a game. <laughs> Najee Harris getting his 30 to 40 carries a game. You love to see it. You love to see it. That's ridiculous. It's kind of funny how that works because the Pittsburgh Steelers have the hardest schedule based on winning percentage, but they have one of the easiest schedules from a fantasy perspective for their players. It's because they're playing the Bengals twice. That'll do it. That'll Najee Harris do may it. have 20 touchdowns against the Bengals. You know, maybe he, you know, is it is his first name Najee or is it Franco? I don't, I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell. I can't. I can't. It might be. I can't. I can't tell. Same. It's the same guy. It's the. It's the same guy. I swear. I swear. It's the same guy. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Indianapolis Colts all have the second easiest schedule for running backs. So, news bodes well for your boy Cam Akers and your boy Jonathan Taylor. Sitting on the corner in Los Angeles and Indianapolis, such a fine sight to see. 
It's Cam and JT. They have an easy schedule. They're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to win you a fantasy title. And they're going to do it in style. Since there was a three-way tie, the I can I'll tell you the fifth hard, the fifth easiest schedule for running backs is the San Francisco 49ers. So he mostered okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever. All right. Yeah. I Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers. Yeah, love him. Great yeah. guys. I mean, Najee, right. Najee Harris, though, with the with the easy schedule. I mean, you should be taking Najee Harris off of Casey Hayward saying offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Casey Hayward, say that I was Najee about to Harris say, I'm like, what the 40 carries. defensive end is the offensive coordinator? What is this? If if Najee Harris is getting 30 to 40 carries a game, he should be the number one pick in everybody's fantasy league. Well, yeah, but he's also his fantasy league. His legs are going to fall off by week by week twelve. <laughs> you have to factor that in. Let's just let's just do the math here. So, I I'm not very good at this whole math thing. So I I do sincerely apologize. I need to pull up the uh, the la, la calculadora here. So if let's say he gets thirty five, let's say he gets thirty five carries. Yeah. Multiply that by seventeen. Uh, 17 games. I did it 40. So you do 35. I, I You do 35. I just did 40. Okay. So what's 40? 40 is 680 carries. Mine is, wow, that's a lot. Mine is uh, 595 carries. Oh, great, great. So if you could tell me that Najee Harris is going to get in between 595 carries and 680 carries, he's number one running back in fantasy. Go ahead, All draft right. him. Here, let's do something else. Okay. 595 carries. Let's say he yep. averages it. What's the average? Like four yards a carry? Four yards, yards a carry. carry? Yeah. We'll say we'll, we'll give we'll give him a rough estimate. Say four yards a carry. You know, it's a casual 2,300 <laughs> yards. 2,300. Mine is a, ca- mine is a casual 2720. Uh, <laughs> He'll be the greatest running back of all time. <laughs> Just go ahead. For a season. <laughs> He'll be the greatest running back of all time. Just go ahead, draft Najee Harris, number one overall. Just a casual, almost three thousand yards rushing. Nah, nah. The human nah. body is just is just a thing. It's just a, a body. It's just a thing, man. You know it's who just cares? A thing. It's just a it's just it's just a thing. It's just a, a little thing. Who cares? Who cares? So what? Who cares? It's not gonna break down after carrying the ball for six, almost six hundred times. Kid's a young buck. He could handle it. Yeah, no, totally. Pish posh. All right, for wide receivers, the hardest schedule for wide receivers is the Las Vegas Raiders. The Cleveland Browns have the second hardest schedule for wide receivers. I mean, they're playing like a second-place schedule at this point, or third-place schedule. So... Um, it's kind of interesting that they have the second hardest schedule for receivers. And then the Bengals and the Chiefs are tied for third. Again, is that going to really deter anybody from T. Higgins, from Tyler Boyd, Tyreek Hill, Odell, Jarvis Landry? Probably not. Not really. Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill right now is my number two receiver, closing in a number one. Yeah. By the way, your Dallas Cowboys, just just letting you know, they have very they, they have very tough schedule. They have a very tough schedule from a fantasy perspective. 
oh, I thought you were going to tell me some breaking news, like they did something. No, no, no. The so the Cowboys just to just to you know because they're just on the precipice of me talking about them, but they're not. But actually not because they have the twenty seventh easiest schedule for quarterbacks. That's the fifth hardest. Yep. Then the then they have the seventh hardest schedule for running backs, and then they have the uh, fourth hardest schedule for wide receivers, and then they have the 16th easiest schedule for tight ends. So, you know, every cloud, silver lining. And meanwhile, the, my New York jets have the 11th easiest schedule for quarterbacks, the 19th easiest schedule for running backs, the seventh easiest for receivers and the 12th easiest for tight ends, which, you know, last place schedule. That's that's how it goes. This happens every year. Well, not every year, but it happens. Um, anyway, for wide receivers, the easiest schedule for wide receivers is you're going to love this. You know who it is. It's Brandon Ayuk. But it's also Debo Samuel. Yeah, it's the, the San Francisco 49ers have the easiest schedule uh, for receivers. Fuck Debo Samuel. The, Do not draft him. It bodes well, though, for uh, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods because the Rams. You know what I'm about to say. Yeah. Fuck Cronky? No, 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 no. Well, oh. fuck Cronky. Yes, of course. Cooper Cup. Yep. Cooper Cup. <laughs> so they, they have the second easiest schedule for receivers. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have the third easiest schedule for receivers. DJ Chark to do DJ Chark to do DJ Chark to do DJ Chark Chark Chark. And also, my boy Sam Donald has the fourth easiest schedule for his receivers. DJ more, 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 more. DJ more, 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 more. Robbie Anderson, 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 Anderson. Robbie Anderson, 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 Anderson. Do you hear that, Mr. Anderson? That's the sound of inevitability. That's good. It's a great schedule for uh, for Carolina. I mean, well, mostly. Yeah, for the receivers, it is at least to start. Yeah. I mean, my guy, my guy, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup has a great schedule, as does my young prince, Robert Woods. Yep. So, again, that's like a little tiebreaker that you have. Say you're debating between Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, or little Cooper Cup. Something to, to hang your hat on. And last but not least, the tight ends. Um, I mean, how much weight are you really going to put into this? It's uh, none, probably. probably. Probably none, but let's talk about it anyway because it's fun. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks have the hardest schedule for tight ends. Oh, no, Gerald Everett, I was going to draft him. Oh, no. Oh, no. Your boy Cole Komet has the second hardest schedule for tight ends. That's a shame. That's a damn shame. That's a damn shame. Um, The, I don't even know, Max Williams with two X's with the the Arizona Cardinals. They have the, they have the fourth hardest and they're tied with the Los Angeles Rams. For, I guess, for the third hardest, that would be. Tyler! So, 
Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, you are still drafting Tyler Higby wherever you can. Thank you very much. Exactly, because I mean, the Rams have pretty an easy an easier schedule across the board for all the other positions. You know, I sounded like I sounded like an airline pilot there for a second. You definitely. Did. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we are cruising at an altitude of about thirty-three thousand feet. Please sit back in your seats, fasten your seatbelts, and please make sure to draft Tyler Higby in the fourteenth round of all your fantasy drafts. Thank you very much. We will be arriving in LAX shortly. Up the Rams, fuck Stan Kroenke. And then for for easiest schedules for tight ends, the New England Patriots, their tight end Frankenstein of Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry have the easiest schedule. God, I mean, if you pick the right one, good for Hunter you. Hunter Smith, Johnny Henry, <laughs> however you want to however you want to call that tandem. Hunter Smith, Johnny Henry. I like Hunter Smith, oh, frankly. Oh, God. I, 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 John New Henry sounds like John Henry. Yeah. That's a horrible human being. Uh, Mike Kosicki for the Miami Dolphins has the second easiest schedule for tight ends. Love to see it. Love to see it. Love Mike Kosicki. Great guy. And then who even is the Steelers tight end this year? Is it not Vance McDonald? Did he, did he retire? Adam, really? We we need we need to ask that question. We need to ask that question of who the tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers is. Really? Really? Oh, right. I can't believe I forgot. Would you I, like me? To, would you like me to say it? No. Well, you're gonna you were gonna say it anyway. Eric, Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron has the third easiest schedule Ebron. for tight ends. Great guy. Sorry, I had, and, to, I had to clear my throat. And then uh, the Denver Broncos have the – or actually, the Denver Broncos have the fifth easiest, and then the Washington football team, Logan Thomas, has the fourth easiest. Standing on the corner in Washington and Denver, Colorado. Such fine sights to see. It's my pals, Noah and Logan. They're going to catch a lot of touchdowns and help their teams win the football game. At least have a rhyme if you're going to do that. Listen, I, I am a man of many talents, but just coming up with that on the spot, I, I, I'm not a rapper. All right. You remember, remember that meme, Adam? I do remember that meme. Uh, that's an old. I'm not a goodie. rapper. But I'm not a rapper. Old, oldie about, but goodie. I'm about to end this man's whole career. <laughs> Very good. You get a, you get a golf clap, Adam. Thank you. You're welcome. Two and a half men. I watch that. <laughs> Such a funny video. It's the best. It I think the... I think that came out probably when I was in like high school. I think that's I think that was when we were in high school. I think so. Hold on. Super, super hot fire. <laughs> oh, my God. That was in high school. I was a junior in high school when that came out. Wow. That's so, crazy. So I was a sophomore fucking in Fucking old. Yeah, we're both old. Fuck me. Yeah. That's horrific. God, this is the most crazy. This is the craziest tangent I've ever heard on a podcast. And I listened to a podcast yesterday, uh, last week where 
they were talking about this is a hockey podcast and the last segment of the show they were talking about farmersonly.com that's a great that's a great website <laughs> that's a great website great americans on the website great people moguls of industry i'm not listen i'm not saying anything i don't have anything against farmers only i'm just saying it's a very weird thing to go into when you're talking about something that is very much not uh it's not related to anything with farmers adam they are moguls of industry they are titans titans of industry they are they are great people yes anyway so like i said before talk about take these scheduling rankings uh with a grain of salt like a massive grain of salt remember they are tiebreakers they are not something to die on do not base your entire decision on uh, strength of schedule. Because if you did, your team would basically be Mac Jones. If you want to pick players who have the easiest schedule, your team would be Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, which is actually not bad. But then your receivers would be Brandon Ayuk and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Whoop. And then your tight ends would be uh, Hunter Smith. Hunter Smith. <laughs> Johnu Henry. Johnu Henry. The tandem. Hunter Smith or Johnu and Johnu Henry. Wow, Derek Jeter's getting a documentary in 2022 on uh, ESPN because it's a sick parter. Holy shit! Good for him. Love it. I can't wait to watch. Okay. Second greatest Yankee of all time. If you're about to say who I think you're about to say, please say, who is your favorite Yankee? Alex Rodriguez, of course. (sighs) Of course. The man's a gentleman. He's a terrible human being. You're a terrible human being. He's he's an Adonis. He's beautiful. Fuck fuck A-Rod. Jennifer Lopez has no idea what she's missing out on. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Fuck Boston. He knows nothing about the game of baseball. Have you heard his analysis on Sunday Night Baseball? He's terrible. He's wonderful. Are you out of your mind? You, Adam, you've lost the plot. No, he's, I hate him. I hate Alex. You've lost the plot. Anyway, that's it for this, for this episode of the Mason Talk. Oh, no, we're not done. We're We're not not done. done. We're not done. No, we're not done. Okay. How can you say such a disgraceful, heinous thing about Alex Rodriguez? He's a great American. Okay, we're done now. Okay. <laughs> Stupid. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to subscribe so you can be notified whenever we release new episodes. And we're going to be doing a lot of those because... We are getting into the full swing of the offseason and preparing for your drafts in either this month or in Next August. Next month or the following month or the month after that Whenever. or the month preparing after that. For your, preparing for your drafts in general. Whenever and wherever they may be. That's right. Like a, little, Any, like a little tease, Adam? Yes. Whenever and wherever? Yes. Presentational? Great yeah. program. As, Zach, as my boy, Zach Wilson, says – Anytime, any place. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. So 
Zach Wilson has a higher place in your heart than I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. I see. Well, I'm just, I'm just using, uh, just no, 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 using no, no. a quote. No, 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 no. You've, you've made your point abundantly clear. Okay, fine, whatever. So, at the next episode, we'll be starting a brand new segment on the podcast. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a four part little mini series that we're well, going to Mr. Birdsaw, we have pod, we have podcast segments at home. What right. happened to what happened to the random ass player? Oh, it's 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 coming. Don't worry about it. Don't worry okay. about it. So we're doing positional showdowns. The next episode. So we're just going to be picking guys. I think what we'll probably end up doing is Adam because you are the uh the the ringleader of this uh this failing circus. We'll have well, I'll have you pick out probably say five or six guys that are relatively close in uh, expert rankings, and we just have a little discussion about uh, about those guys. Okay. So we'll start with the quarterbacks, go to the running backs, go to the receivers, and go to the tight ends. Awesome. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye. Bye.